You are listening to episode 35 of The STEM Space. Today, Natasha and I are discussing biases in the technology that we use every day. Listen in to hear how you can talk to your students to prepare them for this age of technology. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Claire. How are you doing? I'm good, I think, but I just watched this crazy documentary and I really need to talk about it. Oh, I'm intrigued. Tell me more. So I'm taking this course for my master's class on emerging technologies, Mm -hmm. and we are required in this course to watch this documentary and then write a paper about it. So it's found on Netflix. It's called Coded Bias. Have you ever heard of it before? Never heard of it. So this is on Netflix, so anybody can watch it. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's this documentary that this woman was, she's, I think, at MIT, and she's a PhD student and wanted to do a fun project. So she was going to make these filters, like like Snapchat filters, where there's facial recognition technology, and she's just going to do something fun with it. Well, she realizes that the technology that she was creating was not recognizing her face. And the reason was, is she is black, and she thought maybe just the lighting was off or something like that. But then she realized when she held a white mask on her face... Mm -hmm that then it worked. Oh, no. And so she was still thinking, well, maybe it's just the lighting or something, you know, something physical. But she got more in-depth into this research about how facial recognition technology is done and realized that there's these biases that are programmed into it because the people who created it and tested it only tested it on white males. Interesting. And she's a black female. And so I'm wondering, probably would have been a little better on a black male because you said it was all white men. Yes. Yes, that's right. So was this intentionally done? No, it was not intentionally done. And that's what she was showing is there needs to be more awareness of the things that we are coding. Because if you think about how we're using technology, especially artificial intelligence or even the Amazon Alexa. I know I have one of those Mm -hmm. in my room. Um, I don't know if you want it in your house. But we automatically think, well, it's a computer. So computers do all this math and stuff. And math is always correct, right? Unbiased. Right. But who created that? Human. biased mm. humans oh man so it doesn't mean like it's a like something intentional or somebody's like evil right. right it's just we need to be more aware of the things that we are doing and assuming are correct mainly computers in this technology age to make sure that we're not programming in these biases wow okay this like blew my mind so basically we always like look at technology as zero and ones right it's yes. unbiased mm-hmm. it is what it is but it's only as good as the humans that create And those humans are very biased and very flawed. And that translates into, I guess, the apps and the websites and Mm -hmm. everything that we use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the scary thing is it's not just on the front end. So we're thinking about how we're programming and telling a computer to do something. We're telling it to do that based on a data set that is flawed because we aren't necessarily including every data point that should be included, like the whole world population, when we're thinking about something as simple as facial recognition, right? But also on the back end. So after we get this, whatever the result is, 
are we then interpreting it correctly? But then again, we're introducing more of our human flawed Mm -hmm. biases. So what was scary, and I'm not trying to give away everything in this documentary, I'm not going to, but but so that you'll be intrigued and go watch it. It'll really stress you out if you watch it at 2 a.m. like I did. (laughs) Oh no. But they're using this kind of software in places like the UK and in China, where they are having these trucks positioned outside in public areas where these cameras are pointed at people walking by and they're using facial recognition software to identify people that are threatening. So people that could be on the watch list, people that they might identify as terrorists or have a criminal background. So, So in this documentary, these people were just standing on the street watching and all of a sudden police would jump out of nowhere and go surround somebody and like handcuff them because the facial recognition software said this is a bad guy matched them to matched them. wanted list and most of the time it was incorrect <gasps> so they interrogated and freaked out this teenager oh no who happened to be african american oh no and so i mean it's it's scary have you seen Minority Report? Yes. Remember that movie? Uh-huh. So I w- they did not mention that in the documentary, but I was just thinking about that. And I was like, is this where we're headed? Where we're going to start identifying things that are bad and punishing people for things that we're just saying, well, obviously the computer said it. So mm-hmm. this is accurate. So but- in Minority Report, they catch them before they've committed a crime. That's right? right. Yes. And so they're putting, criminalizing people that have not been criminals yet but according to the computer, are about to yes. murder someone or do something terrible. And and that, that computer was people that could see the future. So it wasn't, yeah, <laughs> wasn't really a computer necessarily, yeah, but the same but... Kind, of, kind of thing. Yeah, like, so we're headed to a place where we're identifying people, diagnosing people, that it's... How can we prove that it's accurate? Mm-hmm. Like, it's scary to think about that. Yeah, and that makes me think about kind of the medical field and how there's a lot of medicines that have been proven to be effective on white men. And then they mm-hmm. go to use them on women who have a very different makeup um, and it doesn't work as well. And that seems very similar. But those researchers didn't have bad intentions. They were just thinking, okay, let me get a data set and these are all humans and hopefully the results work for everybody else. Yes, that's right. So I think there's even... There's even things that computers have done uh, that we've proven has had negative results. So did you know that Amazon actually got in trouble Uh for this? So they had a resume screening software that they were, which I'm like, do you really not have enough time to hire people? (laughs) Like, uh, But what it would do is pick out key things in the software Mm -hmm. and then go ahead and sort out the bad ones that it assumed was already not up to its standards. Well, what they found is that the software was created based on past resumes that they had then hired. And the problem with that Mm -hmm. was that in the past, it was predominantly men. And so this new software that they created would not hire women. And the reason they wouldn't say on their agenda on your resume, you don't say female, right? On your resume, your name could give that away. But also it was looking at what college you went to. And if it was a women's college, you were automatically out. Mm. If you put a sport that you played that was a women's sport, automatically out. And they realized this after 10 years. No. Yes. I mean, can you imagine how, oh, that's just awful. And they're just like, there's no qualified women to hire. That's right. Yes. Yes. So 
So one negative there. So talking about education, there was also a software that was used, and I believe this is in Houston, Texas, that was going through different things that a educator did in their history. And when they had to do a, a cutback, mm -hmm. it would tell you which teachers to fire based on all of these things that it somehow pulled from records. So there was one teacher that was teacher of the year for one year was teacher of the month several times, was like recommended by all these boards and things like that. And he was fired. He was cut because the software said he wasn't up to the right standards. What? And yes. And it was just devastating to everybody, including oh him. Gosh. He'd been teaching for, I don't know how long, 30 years or something crazy like that. An incredible teacher. Yeah. And so he ended up filing a lawsuit saying it violates the, your amendments, the, the your rights, because you have a right to due process. Because they wouldn't even say, they could not say why he was fired. Because the people that were running the software didn't even know how it worked. Oh, no. So... We are getting to this age where the technology is so advanced that the people creating it aren't even sure what the algorithm is doing. And that's the problem. And, you know, this reminds me of when we were in engineering, undergraduate engineering, and we were being forced by professors to hand calculate things. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we could just plug it into AutoCAD. We could just plug it into the software. It'll run the calculations and tell us how to build the airplane. Why do we have to learn all these equations? Why do we need to know calculus? And it's because of this exact topic. Mm -hmm. It's you are the one inputting probably the initial conditions. There are things where you can make a mistake. The software itself might be flawed. And as an engineer, you're building things that people's lives depend on, bridges and airplanes and cars. And our, I remember there was one professor that said, I am teaching you how to one, have intuition on mm -hmm. if something, when you look at the numbers, you're like, that's off by a factor of, a million like that cannot be right and then just to have that back of the envelope calculation that you can just double check just a quick calculation okay that's in about the right place mm. and so i think as stem teachers that's something we can tell our students is we need to learn the basic math because we need to always be checking these advanced tools because those tools depend on us and us inputting things correctly and i know we have that story, maybe we even haven't shared before, about the, was it the space shuttle? There was like a miscalculation. Oh, yes. And yeah, it was... Yeah, it was on a probe or satellite. There was a miscalculation because, of course, in the space program, you're collaborating with all different countries. And as we know, in the U.S., we use different different units than the rest of the world, which I'm still bitter about. We need to change that. Yep. Uh, I'd sign the petition. Is I there would. a petition? There should be. <laughs> so apparently there was something that the calculation in at NASA here was done in like inches and in Russia, they did it in centimeters. And so, of course, when you don't share your units and you do your calculations together, you d get a number that is way off. And so I think it was a satellite crashed and burned because units. But if they would have known probably like how to hand do these calculations or, or something. Yeah, they just input it in the software, yeah. got a number, ran the simulation, or like, looks great, let's mm -hmm. go. And I, I think this is all this common message of teaching our kids some critical thinking. Mm -hmm. Don't just say, go Google it, put it in the software. And I, I feel like sometimes, even as adults, we're like, there's all this technology that's going to make our lives easier and better, which is true, but we should still be aware of how it's being used and how we use it and all these biases because it all comes down to who created it, who's running it, and we're all flawed. Yes. So two takeaways that I'm thinking of in my classroom for next year is one, talking about this story 
and using that as a why I'm not letting you use your calculator first, (laughs) which I'm guilty of. So often I just jump to the calculator when I know I can do it in my head. But I think, (laughs) and also to teach our kids that when you're using this technology, you are taking on a responsibility of understanding what's happening and being able to interpret the results, knowing that a human created it and it could be flawed. What are you going to do with that? result? Are you just going to trust it? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to make sure that you understand it before you use it? And that I think is key moving forward. Question everything. Yes. That's what we should be teaching students. Question all the information you're getting, question the textbooks even. Mm -hmm. Everything is flawed. This is quite a a deep message we're getting (laughs) into. (laughs) But so important. So if you've not seen Coded Bias, I recommend it. It does have some poor language. So if you're going to share it with your students, you'd need some permission. And I probably wouldn't share it with anything lower than high school. So screen that first. But it's it's an eye opener. And there's so much more to it if you watch it. And I just think it's a, it's a really good message that you should think about when you're going forward with technology. If you teach coding, that's really important mm-hmm. message. Anytime you're using robotics or if you're thinking about using some kind of learning analytical software that I know is big in a lot of schools, that also has biases. So keep that in mind as educators, as students. We have so much to still learn about technology and we always will. But I think this is important to keep that mindset moving forward. Well, I'm excited to go check out this documentary and good luck on your paper. Thanks. (laughs) And I look forward to learning more about what's going on in this class. Absolutely. Tune in next time. Bye.